if not, um, if they'll change it, then we'll have more daylight. Yeah. We've been talking about if then. By the way, I'm Pastor Paul. That was my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. We're so glad you're here. You've got a lot of choices. You've got a lot of things that you can do, and you've chosen to be here. And we're so thankful for you being here. But we've been talking, I've been doing a series the last few weeks on if then. Throughout scripture, Jesus has spoken and there are other various scriptures where it says, if we do this, then God will do this. If we do this, then this will happen. And one of the main reasons why that I went into this series is hoping that you would try to apply one of the ifs so that God would prove himself faithful to you. So that you can see that God can be trusted and that he's faithful to you even when you're not faithful. God is faithful. You know, this can be interesting. You can be entertained or you can be changed. It's your choice. Um, Tabitha had a great word for you today that you can leave changed, that you can be changed. So why not receive that today? Because I want you to know the presence of the Lord is here to help you in your time of need. But this word, if then, we've been going through it, trying to apply practical things to what we're walking through today. Now, typically, I've been given an if you do this, then this is the benefit of that. Today, it's going to be a little bit more instructional, um, basically saying, if you're really this way, then this is what you will do. This is what you do. And we're going to see it from Jesus. But I'm going to give you a benefit by the end. Next week, it's going to be all about the benefits. All about the benefits. The benefits yeah um, I will also deal with what are the consequences also we can't just have the benefits because there are sometimes consequences but if you want to be encouraged and you want to get excited come next week because the benefits of God are unbelievable they're overwhelming they're awesome and you need to hear them but this week over the last few weeks I've been kind of having this stir in my heart just to say to the Lord, I love the Lord. I love God. I want to ask you the same question. Do you love God? I hope so. I hope so. I love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? But before we tackle that, I want to show you something that the Lord has done in us before we ever did anything is that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Before we try to tackle, I love the Lord, or do you love the Lord, I want you to realize God loves you. He loved you just like you were as a sinner, as a failure, as a mistake, as a problem maker. He loved you then. He loves you now. No matter what you do from this point on, he will still continue to love you. God loves you. That's something I believe that you need to realize, that God loved you first. God loves us. He loved us first just like we were, just like we are, and just like we ever will be. There's no hook in God's love. He loves you. Nothing can separate you from his love. Not even you. Of, certainly not Satan. And without a doubt, not circumstances. He loves us. 
But I don't know if you know this, but we are capable of loving God because He loves us. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, So you see, our love for Him comes as a result of His first loving us, of Him loving us first. I don't even believe that I'm capable of love at all without God. True love. And we can have this surfacey worldly love. But there's a big difference in true love. I want to ask you something. Do you love God? Prove it. Can you prove it? How can you prove your love? How can I prove my love to Elizabeth? And I want to tell you a little bit about how Elizabeth loves me. How she proves her love to me. Now, she is, she's always been one to say, I love you. Always. I've struggled with it. I've kind of gone around the mountain a few times where I've said it and then I haven't said it. And then I've said it and then I haven't said it. But she's always said it. She's always been vocal about it. But the way that she shows me her love is by her affection. Is by the time that she gives to me. It's by her faithfulness. It's by her passion. By her loyalty. This one's going to sound funny. But by her fierceness. She is the most fierce, bulldogish person that you will ever meet. You come up against her with what's right, with what God's word says, with what her promise is, and you had better watch out because she will plow right over you. And I mean that in the, in the greatest sense. It's, what, it's one of the things I love about her the most. Is she loves me with a fierceness. Does that make sense? I don't want that to come across negatively at all. You're the most gentle, sweet thing ever. But if you've ever heard the story of her uh, diamond ring getting stolen, she didn't put up with it. According to Scripture. Everything looked impossible, but all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. But that's how she shows me that she loves me. Also, her protection of me shows me that she loves me. So I want to ask you, how do we show that we love the Lord? Here comes the if then. Jesus tells us. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is Jesus telling us how we show that we love him. Do you love the Lord? You answer to me, yes. Between you and me, it doesn't matter. Between you and God's what matters. If Jesus were to ask you, do you love me? This is how we show it. You can say yes. But does your heart follow your words? Jesus is saying is that if we follow him, we love him. If we love him, we will keep his commandments. We will know his commandments and we will obey them. Right? Are you all with me? Love is an action. Our actions show our love. Elizabeth and I at the altar could say, honey, I love you, I love you, let's just not say it anymore, we know that, and let's just go on about our business. 
with no action, there is no love. There's just empty words. If I follow Christ, follow his word, follow his way, follow his spirit, I show the Lord that I truly love him from my heart, not merely my words. I can tell Elizabeth I love her, but if I don't show it in action, we are going to have a major problem. Why? Because if my words don't support my actions, then my words are meaningless. They're empty. They're worthless. And they're not true. Do you hear me? If my words don't follow my actions, they're not true. I'm not a man of my word. Do you follow me? What we've sang this morning has been all about, we love you and we'll never stop. Can't live without you, Jesus. We love you. I can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. Now we sing it, but do we mean it? Do we show it? Now, can I just say, Church on the Hill, I believe you love the Lord. You're here this morning with a lot of other things that you could be doing. You support Avery Trace. You come in here and you serve. We've got a hard-working church. We've got a hard-worshipping church. I don't mean hard worship. I mean you worship hard. We get after it. We passionately, I believe you love the Lord. But sometimes we need to take an account if, if we say it, does my words match my actions? We as believers need to ask ourselves this question. That's why it comes to this word right here. And this is a pretty tough word. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I want you to know in my testimony, I have been there before. I have been there where my words, and I played the game, but my heart was far from God. I have been there in my marriage where I would say the right things and I would do the right, I would kind of be in the right place, but my heart was far from her. It doesn't take long to know that something's wrong with God, with your spouse, with those that are, you are close to. Does your words match your heart? Can you just ask yourself that question? Does your heart back up your lips? Because your actions will prove it. There will be fruit from what's inside. Maybe you'd say, but pastor, I don't feel it anymore. I don't feel it. I don't feel like loving. Great point. I want to give you a uh, kind of a commentary between a counselor and a man that's come in having trouble with his marriage. The man comes in to talk to this counselor and says, counselor, look at my marriage. I'm really worried my wife and I just don't have the same feelings that we used to have. I guess I just don't love her anymore and she doesn't love me. The counselor responds and says, the feeling isn't there anymore. The man says, that's right. And we have three children and I'm so concerned about them. What do you suggest? The counselor says, love her. I told you, the man said. The feeling's just not there anymore. The counselor says, love her. 
You don't understand, the man says. The feeling of love just isn't there. The counselor says, then love her. If the feeling isn't there, that's more the reason to love her. But the man says, how do you love when you don't love? The counselor says, love is a verb. Love, the feeling, is the fruit of love, the verb. So love her, serve her, sacrifice and listen to her, empathize and appreciate her, affirm her. Are you willing to do that? Church, love is a verb. Reactive people have made it a feeling. And you know, Hollywood has scripted to us that love is a feeling. Hollywood has taught us to not be responsible. That we are not responsible. That we are a product of our feelings. But that script that Hollywood has written us is not reality. If our feelings control our actions, it is because we have abdicated our responsibility and empowered our feelings to control us. I want you to know that if you live your life under the control of your feelings, you are living a wild and crazy life. Out of control. How many here have lived by your feelings before? I have, and it's awful. Proactive people make love a verb. Love is something you do. The sacrifices that you make, the giving of yourself, like the mother of a newborn baby bringing him into the world. You want to study people that love? Study those who have sacrificed for others, even those who offend and who don't love back. If you're a parent... Look at the love that you have for your children that you sacrifice for. Love is a value that is actualized through loving action. Love is a value that is actualized through loving action. Love is a value that is actualized through loving action. Proactive people subordinate feelings to values. Love, church, love, the feeling, can be recaptured. If you're here today and you're pulling apart in your marriage, love your spouse. It's not based on your feeling. If you will love the verb, your spouse, the feeling, the fruit, of love will return. If you feel separated from God, love God. Follow Him. Obey Him. Serve Him. Worship Him. The feeling of love will return. The feeling of love return do you know God did not wait for a feeling to love you he didn't wait for a warm fuzzy about you 
He chose to love you. He loves you. And can I go a little bit deeper? God is love. God is love. 1 John 4 verse 8 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Anyone who does not love. You know, I think that there's a, a, a lining of the planets, if you can understand that if you will follow his commandments, if you will follow his word, if you will obey him and serve him, what you're doing is you're literally following and becoming more like God. And if God is love, you're going to be becoming love. If Christ is in you and the Holy Spirit has filled you, what has he filled you with? One thing is love. His love. True love. God is love. Let's look at another way to prove our hearts that, that we love God or our devotion to God. John 13, verse 35. By this we will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The way I treat you, the way we treat one another, more than that, the way I feel towards you. I can say things to you, but not mean them. And what God's calling for us here is to love one another. Love the verb. The feeling will come. The feeling will come. You can't blow this one off. If you're genuinely cold and hard-hearted toward each other, something is off. But pastor, this guy is unlovable. This girl is unlovable. Anybody ever met one of those? I have. Anybody ever been one of those? We love to point the finger at everybody else, but would you point the finger at you? I have definitely been unlovable many times in my life. But, but God, this dude is unlovable. Can we, can we rewind back to last week? Anybody remember last week? God first, God filter. Can you put the filter on? Where's Pastor Justin at? What are you doing back there? got stuff to do I'm kidding he was sitting up here and I was picking on him this morning who am I going to pick on okay Zach it's going to have to be you use the paid help they get paid for this we'll deal with it later well I'll get to see him this week but the unlovable the unlovable let's say it's Zach everybody say no don't don't say anything okay struggling with Zach I can't get along with him nothing's right in fact I'm really starting to realize I can't love this guy Everything he does just drives me nuts. Nothing's right. I'm just mad, bitter, angry. So we need the God filter. God, how do you see Zach? I don't see him appropriately. Something's off. How do you see Zach? I need God goggles. Y'all heard of beer goggles? God goggles. I need God goggles. Why? Because I'm off. Something's wrong. The feelings I have toward him are wrong. They're not hurting him, they're hurting me. I'm thinking about stuff I don't need to think about. Do you know that Zach was created in the image of God, created by God, that he was fearfully and wonderfully made? 
You know what says that in Scripture? Do you know this about yourself? It says in Psalm 139, praise, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The problem is we always apply this to me. We always just say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, your works are great, and I'm one of your works, which means I am great. Do you know what? That's true. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, but so is that doofus that you can't, can't, can't get through with. And God would say, um, doofus, uh, wait a minute, that's my works. That's my works. You're taking my name in vain by what you're saying about him. Can we go that far? Zach is God's creation. For a purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for him. Yes, maybe I'm struggling right now, and we struggle with people. But can we zoom out and say, okay, God filter. Let's slow down just a minute. God, how do you see them? Show me something great that I can grab hold of. Show me how to love this person like you love them. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill my heart and fill me with the love of God in order to see how to love this person. You've called me to love you, and part of that calling for me to love you is to love him. I don't want to love him, but it's not based on my want. It's based on your command, and your commands tell me that if I follow you, that I love you. And if I love you, I'm going to show you in just a minute, there are multiple wonderful benefits for me. It's in my best interest to love you. By the way, I love Zach. One of my favorite people. Do we have challenges? Absolutely we do. But I love him. I love you. You guys are here for a reason. For a purpose. You know, as we start to go into this God filter and we start to see this value in each other, I want you to know Church on the Hill is here to offer you hope. Hope. Again, if we go back to the prophetic word that Tabitha gave, I believe it is a word of hope that what you're going through, you can get free. You remember her singing, speaking about freedom. Get free. Surrender yourself so you can be free. Is that the most backward statement ever? Surrender to God so you can be free. I'm caught up in your freedom, as we sang this morning. You want free? Surrender to God. But as we offer, as you come into church on the hill and you experience the presence of God and you start to see hope, for your circumstance, we want to get that circumstance out of the way so you can find your purpose. You have a purpose in God that is the most awesome thing ever. We need God filters to be able to see value in each other and to start encouraging and affirming. I want to confirm and affirm what God has in store for you. Do you know as I affirm and I confirm and I start to encourage and I start to build up in your life, do you know what that is? That's me loving you. That's God coming from the throne through me showing you his love. That's what you should be doing for your neighbor, for your spouse. Spouses need to affirm, encourage, support, serve, love. If I am really seeking after God, you know what he does? He puts in me that love. 
to love my wife. I can't do it without him. It's impossible for me to, to love my wife like I'm supposed to love him without him. I'm, like I'm supposed to love her without God. So we ask the Lord to see how, how, how to love someone. Do you remember from last week? So we ask, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the doors will be open to you. But we have to do the action. So as, as I get close to wrapping this up, maybe your response is, Pastor Paul, my personality, it's just not my personality. I'm just not one who loves people. That's just not me. Now I'm good at other stuff. But that one's just not me. Okay, let's deal with that. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, maybe you've got, you've got the gift of prophecy. And you can just speak out the prophetic words like crazy. Or maybe you've got knowledge. You've, you've gotten a spirit of knowledge, a, 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 a fruit of the, the spirit of knowledge of God's word and how he works. Maybe you'd say, man, I've got the faith. I've got the faith to move mountains. I've just got all this faith. Let me just release this faith on you. Maybe you'd say, I've got this ability to lay hands on you and to heal people. Maybe you'd say, um, there's one more. Uh, maybe you're a giver, big giver. And man, I just, that's just my gift. Love's not my gift, but giving is my gift. You know what Scripture says? You can have all these things, but if there's no love, it's worth nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, go back and read it. Without love, it is a clanging symbol. It is a waste of time. It has no value. Love. Everybody say love. Love. You know, someone came up to Jesus I'm going to show you one more thing. Uh, Mikey, jump ahead for me. I, I want to show you one thing. that The benefits of loving God. The benefits of loving God. This is one. It says that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you know our only part in this? Is that? That's our only part. He's responsible for making everything else work together for good. But our part is to love God. We love to say God's working out good for my stuff. God's working out good for my stuff. Because I love God. Yeah, if you ask me, yeah, I love God. But my actions don't prove it. I'm really not following his word. I'm not following his message. I'm not following his spirit. I'm not following in his body. But I'm claiming this. Our only part is to love God. How do we love God? By following him, by obeying him, by doing what his word has said. But what a benefit. Do you know what that means? It works all things. That's my failures. That's my past. That's my future. That's my mistakes. That's some good stuff I've done. That's the bad stuff I've done. All things. He works out all things if I'll just love him. If I'll just love him. Think about how a parent is to a child when that child really loves the parent. 
it's, it, I want to do everything I can to work out everything in their life. It's in me to want to do that for my child. If I love them. So, someone came up to Jesus and said, okay, Jesus, I've heard all your teaching, I get it, but if you had to sum up, what's the most important thing? I got the commandments, I know you got a lot of stuff going on here, I, I, I get it, you, you have a plan, but what, what's the most important thing? Can you tell me, Jesus, what's the most important thing? He said, okay, I'll wrap it up for you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength, your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is similar, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Look what it says after it. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets stem from these two laws and are fulfilled if you obey them. Keep only these and you will find that you are obeying all the others. What, in, what is this scripture basically saying? Love God, love others. But pastor, I can't love others. Okay, love God. You will be able to love others. You can't love God and not love others. It's impossible. Because if you love God, that love of God will get in you. And you can't help it. You don't even have to worry about it. And if we fulfill these two commands, we fulfill them all. Love others. Love God. It's a command. It's a commandment. The most important according to Jesus. If this doesn't interest you, why are you here? I'm not trying to be mean. We're here to follow Jesus, right? Jesus said these are the two things to really focus on. Why wouldn't you do it? Love God. How do we do it? Following his word, following his spirit, being a part of the church body, serving him. That's how we love him. And love others. I can't love others without loving him. It's not based on a feeling. Church, the feeling will follow. I promise. Y'all stand up with me and let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for truth. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are faithful even when we're not faithful. Your faithfulness is not based on us. It's not based on our faithfulness. God, you are faithful. God, you are true. And God, you are love. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I've never made that first step of receiving Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know that it says that if you will just believe in your heart, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Right where you sit, would you just say that? Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord of my life and I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. Save me, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I want to ask you, church body, today, I want to ask you this question. Do you love the Lord? 
you will prove that by your actions. Just ask you this morning to make a commitment to prove your love to the Lord. Show Him. Show your spouse that you love Him. If you're struggling and your, your marriage is falling apart, love your spouse. It's a decision. It's a choice. Love your spouse. The feeling will, will follow. And it will be that fresh, incredible, passionate love that you had. That what you've lost can be regained. I know it's hard to see now. But I know it from testimony. From my testimony. Maybe you've drawn away from God. I want you to know that that passion for the Lord will return. Love Him. Serve Him. Obey Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and uh, His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Would you make a commitment today? Before you lies change, lies a plan and a purpose. Take it. In Jesus' name, amen.